2020 is here. Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We are at episode 89. So great to have you here. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. It is amazing to have you here. I cannot believe that we are back and it is 2020 and I am ready for a new year. So I hope you are doing well and I hope that you are raring and ready to go for another year, which is super, super exciting. Now, if this is your first time here, then I obviously want to say, hey, I'm your host, Suze Chadwick. This podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange, and I work with savvy business owners to help you build a confidently bold brand, articulate a powerful message, and attract clients who want what you have so that you can play bigger and brand bolder. Now, today, I decided, you know something, this podcast is all about you. So I want to make sure that I'm answering your questions as well as providing awesome information for you every week too. So what I did is that I put out a question on my Insta stories and said, what questions do you have for me? I am going to create a podcast episode just for you and answer any of the questions that you've got. So Today, that's what I'm doing. I am answering questions on podcasting, speaking, growing your business generally. And an interesting question that I got from one of my listeners, as well as one of my gorgeous BBA ladies, was a personal question about me, which I am going to end the podcast on because it was a good one. And I'm going to go a little bit deep into me and how I process things uh, and move myself forward when things are tough. So looking forward to answering that. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I want to let you know that Brand Builders Academy, my eight-week live coaching online course to scale your business and build a bold brand, is opening for registrations on Monday the 20th of January, which is next Monday if you're listening to this podcast in real time. And this is going to be a live coaching round and that live coaching round starts on the 10th of February. So if you want to head over to theconnectionexchange.com forward slash BBA and check out all the details, then that's what you can do. Uh, And if you already know that you want to join, then you can join on Monday. I was actually going to hold off and only do this after Easter, but I had so many people contact me and say, when is it opening? Can we get in earlier than Easter? And so, hey, I'm a listener. If I listen to my audience, then I'm going to make the changes I need to make in my business. So I'm super excited to be opening registrations on Monday the 20th and kicking things off on the 10th of February. And I am also hosting a whole lot of free live webinars in the next few weeks as well that you can hop onto. All you have to do is head to the connectionexchange.com forward slash webinars and you can sign up for any of those free live webinars, which I'm sharing the eight secrets to scaling your business and building a bold brand. So you can obviously grab those goodies from me as well. But hey, let's not wait anymore. It's so great to be back with you. I'm excited to dive into this episode. So 
Let's do it. Okay, so I love the mix of questions that have come through. I'm going to be sharing the handles of the people that asked the questions so that you know that I actually responded because I really do appreciate you sending the questions through. So let's start off with a couple of questions around podcasting. They were kind of similar, so I wanted to give an overview of what my thoughts are if you want to start a podcast in 2020, which if you love speaking, if you want to build your brand, I think that this is one of the best things that you can do and you have expertise to share. Why not? I say, uh, I have found the podcast to be an amazing brand builder, both locally and globally. It's helped me get speaking gigs. Uh, it's, helped other people find me generally, whether it be for Brand Builders Academy or for other things, strategy sessions, etc. So I think it just really gives people a flavor for you. So both at Creative Pictures and at Them, You and Me, uh, both ask, how do you get started podcasting? And then also what length and frequency should it be? So just to get started, my question is, how does it fit in with your overall brand strategy and what's the purpose of having a podcast? Like, why do you want to do it? Because it is work. It depends on you how much work it is, but you want to be really clear. And I think that that's something that, you know, at the beginning of the year, I really look at, or just, you know, when I'm in planning mode, I'm really looking at what's working and what's not. What do I want to do? Like, do I want to go global? How do I want to interact with my community? And how do I want to build my brand? And is this form of communication and content something that really resonates for me? It's something that I think I could easily do. Uh, and it's something that I want to enjoy as well, because at the end of the day, if you don't enjoy the content that you're creating, you're never going to stick with it. So number one is how does it fit in with your overall brand strategy? And what is the purpose of you having a podcast? Number two is that I would actually recommend recording two or three episodes and see how it feels. This is how I started mine because I'm like, do I want to do this? Is this actually something I'm going to enjoy doing? Is it easy for me to do? Is it something that I could actually do every single week? So just talking about the length and frequency there is that I did start off my podcast doing it fortnightly, but really, if you want to have impact, I think you should be doing a minimum of once a week. The other thing is around length is that there are some podcasters who do 10 minute podcasts where they might do two or three a week. Now that is probably the same, or it is the same length of time that I might do a solo episode, which might be 30 or 40 minutes. So you could still do it in one go and then chop it into three or four episodes episodes. And it just depends on how you like to communicate. I actually thought that I might try some of that this year where I might kind of do some shorter episodes, but maybe a few more in a week and see whether you, my audience like that. Does it get more traction? Is it something that people enjoy? So I really think that you've got to work out what works for you. And I think that you can also set the intention that you're a podcaster who does 10 or 15 minute episodes that are shorter. Uh, and that's just how you work. You don't do sort of 30 or 40 minute or one hour episodes. So I think that's completely your decision as well, as far as length of time and frequency. The next thing I would say is that if you record your test episodes, 
they should be episodes that you would absolutely publish so that you're not wasting your time. But if you record those episodes and you decide, yep, I love podcasting, this is awesome, then what you want to do is that you want to buy a good USB microphone. You can get one on eBay. I think I had the Snowball mic to start with. I've now got a Rode podcaster mic which I love, uh, but you can get them fairly inexpensively. But, you know, start off with something that's got good sound as well. And then you can decide if you want to produce, which basically means edit the videos yourself, or if you want to outsource that. So people like Bambi Media or Lindell from the Podcast VA, they do that sort of editing and they also do social posting and all the rest of it. So it's really up to you how much work you want to do or if you want to outsource that. I personally record and edit my podcast, but I have been, I was doing video a long time before I was doing audio. So it's something that I can do super quickly. It's something I enjoy doing um, and it's easy as well. The fourth thing is that I actually got Lyndall Harris from the Podcast VA to set me up with all of my hosting platform and then that distributes my podcast across all the apps. And then my online business manager, Melissa from MJS Virtual, she creates all my images, she puts all of the content on the website uh, and so that's the process that I use. So I think podcasting is different for everyone. You know, for me, I'm okay to write a few bullet points and then talk about it for 30 minutes, but other people do a lot of research and spend hours on it. So I think you need to work out what works for you, but also what's going to work as far as how much time you've got. Because remember, this is you creating free content and I think it's absolutely worth it, but I think you've got to decide how much time am I willing to spend on this and what help do I need? So I hope Creative Pictures and them, you and me, I hope that that helps with your question. The three resources that I want to give you are three other episodes, which is episode seven, The Lazy Girl's Guide to Starting a Podcast, episode 41, What I Learned from My First Year in Podcasting, and episode 79, which is with Lyndall Harris on launching a podcast as well. So those are three that you can go and check out. And thanks for your question. The next section of questions were all about speaking. So from at Angie Conti, how do you make the transition from business owner to speaker? I want to get some 2020 speaking gigs. And then Anna Smale Celebrant asked, what advice would you give to somebody trying to establish themselves as a speaker and MC? So I felt like I could answer these questions together. Thank you, ladies, for your questions. So speaking for me, is usually part of a wider strategy to move to a one-to-many model so that you're reaching more people who may be your own community if you're running your own events or you're growing or accessing somebody else's community so you get asked to speak at somebody else's events. So I've always been a speaker. I was a speaker in school. I was a speaker in corporate and now obviously I do speaking in my business as well and it's really helped me to grow my audience but you know it there's also it's also something that I really love to do but for me I'm really clear that Speaking is part of my brand building. First of all, I want you to be really clear on what your products and services are and what it is that you offer. And then take a look at how am I going to amplify my brand and people who know me, trust me, how I'm actually getting my message out there so that people 
actually want to find out how they can work with me. So I think you've just got to think about it like that. Unless you are deciding to become like an inspirational speaker full time and that's actually how you're getting paid, then I think you've always got to align it to your business and your products and services. So I only talk about bold branding. Yeah. I talk about how to build a bold brand. I talk about business strategy, those sorts of things. But it all comes back to BBA, which is my online course. And that's what I want to be known for. Now, I do get paid to speak as well. So it is definitely a revenue generator. But it, but the strategy around speaking is to grow my audience so that I can work with more people in BBA. So I think that that's something that you really need to think about. How is your speaking aligned to what it is that you want to grow and develop in your business. Also, how is speaking aligned to what you want to be known for? Yeah, so Anna, I know that obviously you're a celebrant, so you marry people. So being an MC is not that far off from it. I think you've just got to really think about how you're positioning yourself when it comes to somebody coming to your website that they know that that is actually something that you offer. And I think just that knowledge is something that, or just talking about it, I think just talking about the fact that that's what you do can be the in to people hiring you. Because if you actually say celebrant, speaker, MC, then that kind of all fits together as well. So it makes sense. And people can then find out more about how you might be an MC at their wedding or at an event that they're hosting. But I think you've got to be talking about it more. One of the things that I do do is that when I am speaking at an event, I might talk on stories around tips for being a speaker and some of the things I do with my audience and some of the things that I think about of how I work with my clients who have asked me to be a speaker, this is the way that I work. And then other people love seeing that. So I think that your process and how you work and the customer or brand experience that you're giving is also a really great attractor for people. Now, if you've never been a speaker and you're wanting to do speaking, then a couple of things for you is that you should absolutely go and listen to episode 40, episode 60 and episode 60.1, which take you through how to position yourself as a speaker and get the gig. Should I charge to be a speaker? And then what you need to do if you want to be a speaker. So that kind of outlines all of those things. But what I want to say is that if you want to start to be a speaker, then you've got to start showing up and actually talking about the things that you do. Because before you actually get the gig, people want to hear you. So whether it's you starting a podcast, whether it's you being on Insta stories or Facebook live, people get a flavor for you. They understand how you speak, what you speak about, what your personality is like, all of those sorts of things. And I think that that's really important. If somebody wants to either be on the podcast or they want to be a speaker at an event I'm running, I really want to see how they present because that is actually part of my brand experience for my community when I bring somebody in to be a speaker, that they are succinct to the point, there's actionable takeaways, they're fun, they're confident, you know, they're really clear on what they're here to do, those sorts of things. So I think that you've got to really start to think about 
maybe three or four things that you talk about. So topics. And if you want, you can go and take a look at the connectionexchange.com and in the menu, you can go to speaker and you can see my speakers page. And then you can see how I position myself as a speaker as well. But I think that if you want something, you've got to name it and claim it, which means you've got to say, I am a speaker. This is what I speak about. And this is how you can book me. Or this is how we might be able to talk about me speaking at your event or being on your podcast or things like that. So you actually have to outline how people can work with you and that will make the process so much easier. Plus they know that it's something that you do. So hopefully that helps with those questions, but definitely go listen to those additional episodes. I go through things in a lot more detail for you there as well. The next section has a couple of questions, which is around business building. So my first question comes from Hey Becca Lena and she asks, where do you start if you have an amazing business idea but you have no business experience at all? And so the one thing that I would say is that I talk about this in my book, Play Big Brand Bold. It's called DREAM. It's an acronym. So D-R-E-A-M, which is basically what I do if I'm thinking of a new business or a new product or a new project. So dream is really about what would be amazing for you. So let's say you've got this business idea, yeah? What does good look like? What would you like it to do? How would you like to go to market? What do you want it to do for people, for customers? All those sorts of things. So D is about dreaming about what you want that to look like and write it all down. So I want this product to be sold or this business to operate in Australia. I want to be mentoring women to do X, Y, and Z. I would love to have an online course and a podcast. So really think about what would good look like for you and what do you want it to do and be. The next thing is I want you to research and find out everything that you want to know about this particular business. And can I just tell you, anything that you need to know about business nowadays in 2020 is online. It is probably on YouTube if you search. So there's so much information available, but you really want to start to research how much would it cost? What would it look like? What would I need to do when it comes to tech support supplies? I don't know if there's a product or a service business that you're asking about, but I would really start to take a look at what would I need to do in order to get this off the ground and start to really take a look at those sorts of things, because you want to just understand what's required of you financially and time-wise to get this done. The next thing is E, which is explore. So what are all your options for this? Yeah, there might be different ways that you can do it. You might be able to structure the business in different ways. You might be able to deliver the product and service in a different way. You might be able to create the product in a different way as well. So this is something that you want to check out. How are you exploring the different ways that this could look? And then once you've explored those different ways, you want to start to research again to understand how that would look and what that cost might be or what the process might be. The next thing is to ask, A for ask. So ask people around you what you can do or how you can do it. People are willing to give so much support and help. There are so many free Facebook groups, 
for women in business who are starting up. So I think it's just really starting to connect with people and asking the question, this is the type of business that I'm wanting to start. Does anybody have any advice or thoughts? Like I need to start an email list. I need to build my website. I need to get this product created. These are the questions that I've got. And just start asking. I would start asking a lot before I actually started creating but just that's because people are willing to give the information, yeah? And then the next thing is once you have dreamed about what you want this to look like, once you've done the research of what you need to do and then you've explored the different options and then you've asked questions that you need answered and you decide, yes, this is definitely what I want to do, then I would say make it happen. You know, if you've worked all of this out, then now is the time to start to move things forward. I have to be honest with you, I built my website watching a YouTube video about Divi. There's about a billion videos on on YouTube about every topic that you could possibly want to know. I laid turf in my backyard based on a YouTube video that I've watched as well. But the point is, is that you can learn anything that you want online. The one person that I do love to listen to about her business story is Sarah Blakely from Spanx because she was she would just went and did all of the exploring and the research. She designed the Spanx, she got it patented, she got it created. She didn't tell anybody about it, she just worked on it. She worked on it for 2 years if I'm honest. Um that hopefully is not going to take you that long nowadays, but I think it's just that tenacity to figure things out. And I think that you have got to be somebody who has a real thirst for knowledge and who wants to figure things out so that you can get these new things off the ground and you have to be an action taker. So the only way that you're ever going to create something is to actually take action, move forward, try things, test things, and then grow and develop your knowledge around it. You don't need to have all of the answers before you start, but you've just got to start. Yeah. And once you start and you know what it is you want to do, And then you can take the next step to figuring out, well, how have other people done it if it's been done before? Are there people that you might follow who have got a similar business model who have been successful too? Yeah, so I think that that's really important. For me, I've got my online business mentors who have got the same business structure as me who do something completely different but I'm like, I'm going to follow their lead because they have successfully achieved what I am looking to do. And so I'm going to learn from them and I'm going to learn from myself and my experience and my customers. And then I'm going to make those changes in an informed way as well. So, hey, Beccalina, I hope that that answers your questions. If you've got any other questions, then hit me up in the DMs. Happy to answer them. The next question is from Anonymous. What should I focus my budget on when launching into a cold audience? So the first thing I want to say is that I've got an amazing episode. It's episode 59 on how to launch a product, service or event by Holly Brambea from Facing Motherhood and Motherhood Melbourne. It's such a good episode. So I almost feel like I just want to give you that. But when it comes to cold audience, personally, I think that if you're launching to a cold audience, then you haven't really planned things out yet. What you really want to ideally do if you've got the time to do it is that you need to be thinking ahead and starting to build your brand. So their knowledge of you, what you do, and start to make connections and contacts with the people that you want to be touching base with or that you want to be working with. So you could do things like podcasting, blogging, social content as well, but start to make yourself known to them so that 
you're not going in cold. Yeah, because when somebody comes in cold to me, very rarely will I probably take them up. Yeah, but if somebody starts to create content that's of interest to me, that solves a problem that I have, then I'm much more interested in starting to find out more about them and build a relationship with them. And I will be much more receptive to a product or service that you've got. Yeah, so I think really start to look at how you're building the relationship before you start to push a product to somebody who doesn't know you at all. So that is my question to Anonymous uh, and I hope that that helps. My next question is from at Taryn Razonic. I hope that I said your surname right, Taryn. Uh, And the question is, is a solid brand required from day one or better to get yourself out there than develop a brand later? So interesting question Uh, and uh, I guess the thing that I would say is that you can't have a solid brand from day one because brand is about the reputation that you build. So if you're talking about your visual brand, so your logo, your look and feel, then I actually would say that it's super affordable these days to have somebody create a really professional visual brand for you that is bang on what you want it to be, where you want to position yourself and how you want to show up. So I actually think that it is worth investing in getting your visual brand done if you're starting out. It can always evolve and change down the line, but I do think that it's worth investing in that if you can because I do think that it does give a first impression and I think that if you're just launching, then that's that's one place that I would actually spend my money. But the main thing is to know what you're here to do and what you want your brand to be. So what's your message? How are you showing up? How do you want people to connect and engage with you? If you can know what you know, you're really about, then that is going to build your brand faster. Yeah, that no love and trust factor. So if you're showing up consistently and doing the work required, then I think that that is definitely going to get you up and moving and get traction a lot quicker than if you're not. So I think that the question around is a solid brand required from day one? reputation is something you build over time. Visual brand is something that you can probably do potentially before you launch, but it totally depends on your budget, etc. There are some great tools around as well. But at the end of the day, a brand takes time to build, that trust takes time to build, but the more you show up, the quicker you'll be able to do that. And some resources for you, Taryn, is episode 74, 10 Ways to Build a Connected Brand, and episode 81, which I loved with Troy McKenna, who was an author um, of the brand Hustle, was How to Accelerate Your Brand Growth uh, was the name of that episode. And I think that that's definitely worth listening to as well. The next question is from at underscore Jess Crawford underscore how to get more wholesale clients. Now, Jess, I'm going to be honest. I don't work a lot in the product-based industry. Um, Sarah Cross is an amazing coach uh, and she talks a lot about product-based businesses as well. If you go and take a listen to episode 23, then Sarah talks about building a product-based business. But some of the tips that I would give you and what I would do if I had a product-based business and I wanted to get more wholesale clients is I would personally write a list of all the shops and clients that I want to work with. I'd understand their audiences, what they talk about and what they're looking to do in their business. And then I would approach them with what I have. But I think the main thing that I'd really want to say is that 
whether it's wholesale clients, collaborations or selling in general, you need to really start the conversation and start to build the relationship based on what the other person needs. So it's not all about you, 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 but it's more about how your product fits with their store, their brand, what they're looking to do. And also obviously talk about what makes you unique as well. So I would have a list. I'd work through that. I would track my progress and obviously have a system where I can see who I've contacted, where I contact, like when I contacted them, um, what the responses have been. And I would obviously approach more than what I actually wanted. And I would continue to do that. So I think, and this, I have had conversations with product-based businesses who are looking to sell wholesale. And sometimes they kind of do these big spurts. And what I would say is ideally this should be just part and parcel of what you're doing on a daily, weekly, monthly type of basis. So I would personally have goals around maybe 10 or 20 stores a month. Um, And then depending on what you do and what your product is, then take a look at how, you know, whether you go bigger with that or smaller with that. But I also think that it's really important for you to start to build your brand so that they are seeking you out as well and that you've got an amazing customer base and you've got people who are wanting to buy your products, etc. And also, obviously, if you do build a really strong brand for yourself and you sell directly, then the profit margins are going to be a lot higher as well. So I think that having a mixed strategy of both direct and wholesale, I think is a good way to go. But personally, what I would do is I would be really clear on who I want to target and I would be looking to do that on a regular regular basis, not just kind of like at the beginning of the year or something like that. You know, obviously you've got trade fairs, etc. but I do know that the cost of those can be quite high, but I also think you've just got to test and try different things out. So Jess Crawford, I hope that helps. And our last question for this episode is from at amydoyle.co who is one of my lovely BBA ladies. And she said, Suze, you said that you're going to be doing some really big, scary things this year. How do you prepare yourself for that? Oh, Amy, this is a big one. Yeah. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. When it comes to doing big things, I have to tap into my own thoughts, beliefs, stories, And I have to start to acknowledge them and understand what's actually holding me back. So I actually do, I I haven't named it, but if I had to, I would sort of say I do a lot of quiet reflection time. Uh, And so what that means is that I will actually sit and think, what is it that I really want? And I love when I went and saw Marie Folio at, you know, um, Everything's Figure Outable book tour. She said, you know, the things that we are, that we have a real fear around are usually the things that we want the most. And so I really try and tap into that and think, what is it that I really want? And what are the fears that are holding me back? And I might write all of those down. So I might sort of say, you know, well, it's a big risk. Maybe I'll earn less money. What if I earn less money? And then, you know, I end up having fights with my husband about money. And then what if I can't do this or do that? And you just start to see all the stories that you're telling yourself. So it is a process that I do go through. And I do think you've got to give yourself the space and the time to do that and acknowledge it and understand 
understand that the stories that you're telling yourself are the things that usually hold you back. Um, And then you've got to make that decision of how bad do I really want this? How bad do I want this? Am I willing to really go out on a limb and make the big changes that I know I desperately want to make, even though they're scary, Uh, which is absolutely something that I feel like I'm doing quite a lot of at the moment. Uh, And so what I did over the holidays is that I actually listened to quite a few different books. I listened to The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I listened to Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I listened to The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Now, when it comes to The Big Leap, Chapter 2 and Chapter 5, which is Making the Leap, and then living in your zone of genius, not even joking. I think I've listened to both of those chapters on their own about 20 times now because I know that I'm chipping away at fear, limiting beliefs and more. And so sometimes I have to really immerse myself in something because limiting beliefs can sometimes take a while to shift. Sometimes we have got things that are so ingrained in us that we hold onto them really tightly. And so at the moment, I go for a walk every day with my dog, Bo, and I have been listening to those two chapters kind of on repeat because they are really sinking in and breaking down. A lot of the stories I'm telling myself, they are inspiring me to create the life that I want and live in my zone of genius because that is where the gold is. That is where I want to be. And at the moment, I'm probably living in my zone of excellence and my zone of competence, which is where you're comfortable. Yeah. And your zone of genius is where you stretch yourself. So at the moment, I've created a mantra for myself, which is this morning, I choose to show up as my fully expressed self and live in my zone of genius. Uh, And that is something that I say to myself every single morning. And it's me really trying to embed exactly how I want to be and who I want to be into my mind and my life and my heart so that I can take the leaps of faith that I know I need to take in the coming months, which is not easy. So I'm never going to be somebody that's like, yes, you just kind of, you know, decide that you want to do something and you break through your fear and then everything, you know, is amazing. I do think that there is a lot of conditioning that we go through, but I do think that that self-awareness and you sitting in that quiet reflection and being super honest with yourself and then creating the opportunity or, you know, listening to or whatever it is, you need to, whether it's somebody or something or reading or whatever it is, you know, whatever is going to chip away at that for you so that you can really break through that fear and make the decisions you need to make, take the leaps you need to take, I think are really, really important. And so this is like an ongoing thing for me. This is never a set and forget. I talk about this in Brand Builders Academy as well. None of this is set and forget. You don't all of a sudden start a business and then everything just starts running amazingly well. You don't all of a sudden, you know, start to grow your audience and then it just continues to grow automatically. Like you have got to break through things, show up on a regular basis, show up as your fully expressed self so that people can really get to know you and decide if you're for them or not. And then operate in your zone of genius so that you can really embrace what it is that you're here to do and 
and create the kind of life that you really want. And I think that the more that we hold back and the more that we stop ourselves from doing the things that we really want to do, I think the longer that it takes and the harder that it can become as well. And so you've just got to start to chip away at those things. And there you have it. That was all of your questions. So I really appreciate you sending them through. I hope that this episode has been a little bit different and has given you some food for thought. And I do love answering your questions anyway. So make sure that you head over to my free Facebook group, which is Bold Women in Business, because I do free Q&As in there quite a lot. So you can ask me questions at any point in time. And it's just always good just to connect even further. So I'm excited to kick off 2020 podcast with this episode. Uh, We are actually going to be going into quite a few episodes around launching. So I have got a few awesome women in business who are going to be sharing their amazing knowledge next week and the week after as well, uh, all around what you need to do when it comes to a launch strategy, what you need to do when it comes to how you're launching and what you're doing with your website. Uh, And I've got some really amazing guests coming up. Some of my online mentors and heroes that I've followed for a long time. I'm excited to share them with you too as well. So watch this space and also make sure that you subscribe because I am going to be doing some bonus episodes that I won't be sending out on email or anything like that. You will only be able to check those episodes out uh, and see them in your podcast app when they are released. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast because did you know that when you subscribe to the podcast and you'll leave a review, that actually helps with my podcast rankings. And when I rank well, it means that more people see my podcast show, which is super exciting. So you can help me by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review. But that's it for another week. Remember to join the Facebook group, Bold Women in Business. All of the links for today's show is in the show notes on the website. Make sure you follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. The music in this podcast episode was created by Declan DP on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.